Today, I welcome Simon Lockyer, headmaster at Royal Hospital School in the UK. In this episode, I discuss global awareness, citizenship, sustainability, and future school thinking. I read to cultivate a global outlook and environmental responsibility is one of Royal Hospital School's core educational aims. This year, your school focuses on global awareness, citizenship, and sustainability. Why did you choose this as your focus this year? I think there are a couple of reasons. I, well, we, we're a very diverse school community. Um, and by that, I mean, we have children from 33 different countries currently in the school, but we also have a very broad socioeconomic demographic. But I think it, it really came home, as I'm sure it did to many schools, where you have children sometimes on opposing sides, um, the most obvious being between Ukraine and Russia. And I think that many of our children are trying to make sense of what's going on around the world. Uh, it's been interesting seeing some of the conversations this week regarding Qatar and the World Cup. Uh, and so when you have this opportunity of bringing people from around the world with different perspectives, different beliefs, I think it's really important to provide a platform where you can actually discuss these and not just think have an Anglo-centric uh, perspective on things. And I think it's been really well received by the pupils. It's been fantastic um, speaking to children from Ukraine, but also ch children from China and children from Chile and, and children from Germany about their simple things like what they do for Christmas or uh, but also what's their belief on taxation. So I think it's it, what it's doing is, is, is sharing experiences, sharing perspectives uh, helps us to understand. And I think in preparing young people for the world of work and the life beyond, the big problems are only going to be resolved, as we've seen in COP27, if we understand the different perspectives and we can start to work together, not just by, by governments or companies, but by whole countries, whole populations. Uh, so I think it's a really important part of our education for our young people. I'd like to talk to you about each of these aspects in this focus individually. As the world becomes more interconnected, and it is, right, we are more connected than we've ever been, connected by devices, by ease of travel. We can get anywhere, any any place, any time. Um, what does global awareness or a global outlook look like for you? And how do you teach that? I think it comes back to the point I made. It's about a lot of it is about perspective. It's about understanding that we all come to issues or ideas because of our upbringing, the culture in which we live in. Some of that is influenced by our parents. Some of it may be influenced by our faith. Some of it may be influenced just by the media we read. Um, my son was fascinated. He went. He spent some time in America, uh, in Georgia, for four weeks on exchange. And he was just really interested in reading the BBC news and then reading the news there, just seeing how what a different perspective he was getting. So I think a lot of it comes down to perspective. I think it's also about understanding how events uh, in one country can impact elsewhere. And we've had a really good indication of that, all of us, uh, with matters in Europe recently uh, over the last year. But I think that's that's a really interesting um, element of uh, helping people to understand the ramifications and that whilst we live here in a in what we feel is a safe and secure uh, country we're not unaffected by world events. How does the Royal Hospital School help 
people's foster that global outlook because there's there's stuff you can do in school and there's you know part of having service is 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 what you do beyond it in your own in own world as well yeah so i think i mean there are lots of ways we're doing it i mean we we have we've made it a really core element of something we call the compass curriculum which uh, goes through the school it's a it's a focus and it's curriculum time in which we we raise some of these issues um, and we built a curriculum to deliver some of that some of it's about bringing people from other parts of the world into our classrooms uh, in the same way as i'm speaking to you we have people from uh, australia from america from uh, sri lanka all speaking uh, and delivering sound bites and, and pieces of uh, you know reflection uh, from around the world we also do some travel as well, which I think is an element of it for, for children going to other countries. And I think we've also, it's been a theme for our senior pupils to focus on. And we do something a thought for the week. And it's been really interesting hearing children from different parts of the world provide a reflection, provide a thought in the week on a topic of which is contemporary and of, of interest to the young people. So lots of different threads running all the way through this, this year. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think the the, the more we can connect the, um, our, our our children again through education, but also at home, to what are the issues going on in and around the world that don't impact them, but they can make small differences and changes is is hugely important. Um, because if we do want them to go out at the end of your stewardship to, you know, pass pass leaving Royal Hospital School, like we want them to make a difference to change the world, to make it a better place. So having that connection, not just from a, a rote education model, but to something that is tangible and they can feel and understand is, is, is brilliant. I want to move on to environmental responsibilities because schools are often aware of becoming more sustainable. Um, it became a real buzz term in, in, in the early 2000s. Um, and obviously through 2000, everybody's talking about green, obviously recycling became a thing and a process, but actually environmental responsibility ethical production and all of those things have become more and more important and we're also at the point now where I kind of look at the six waves of of um, of transformation and you know we, we've gone through obviously steam power electrification digitization and we're into this big period this period of this wave now of sustainability our kids are driving it um, you have a pupil-led eco committee how does this initiative work and who started it it's been around for a few years, but it's really interesting what you say about the, this period. They are driving it. There is no doubt that they, many of them are really passionate about it. And to give you two little examples, um, last year we had a, a couple of people who got together and uh, did an upcycling sale with just clothes. And it was so popular. You know, the idea of, 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 of what we call secondhand shopping now is really embedded amongst this population. They think it's cool, you know, it's the way that they shop. And so providing that opportunity that when they grow out of clothes to provide a way to sell them on, move them on, uh, is, is something that was a really strong initiative. Another lovely little initiative uh, that, that, that came about is that a pupil who's now in year 11, she wrote to me the last year and said, I've done a survey, sir, and I'm always a bit anxious about when people come and say I've done a survey, but she'd done a survey of the number of cars which had their motors idling when they were doing a drop-off or pickup. Really great piece of work. You know, it was uh, with graphs and really good, and she'd, she'd made the length of time of idling and various bits and pieces. And uh, from that, she we met met with the eco-committee. They came up with some suggestions. We, we wrote to parents. 
Um, we came up with a bit of a campaign, which is now on the school site. And uh, she's just currently uh, doing another survey. But what's really encouraging is it seems to have had an impact, far more of an impact because it's come from pupils than probably a, a diktat that would come from a headmaster. So that's been a really lovely little initiative. Uh, food waste uh, is, a, is a big thing at the moment uh, that they're focusing on. Uh, we do inter-house competitions on food waste. So when they go out, they have different bins and they put in their waste into the different ones and they weigh how much waste. And obviously the lower the, the wastage, the better. So that it, it, it's little initiatives like that, which are um, that they drive. And, you know, over the course of the last two years, we've moved away from plastic bottles in, in picnics that they take away sometimes for fixtures and events. We've all got recycling bottles. Uh, it's, it's all those little incremental things that the pupils have driven. And then as a school site, we've had a big, um, big focus on, on energy, as I'm sure all organisations that were built in the same time as RHS. And uh, we working slowly but inexorably towards removing our reliance on some of the fossil fuels that we that we need um, and, and that's a, a very much a priority of the, the school leadership i know the parents are keen to see it and and the governors as well and is that something that you are actively measuring and and you can report on because you know it's, it's one thing having an initiative and it, it's, it's almost like corporate social responsibility and governance and then the other thing is going actually no we're we're not just saying we're going to do this this is this is some of the success that we're ha having and do you have an ultimate goal i mean is it i mean people talk about carbon net carbon zero which i think is a hard thing to to, to get ever but you can go some way towards a calculation i suppose yeah, so the answer is we, we do measure, and in fact, we probably measure too much, um, have measured too much, because we look at we look at electricity and we look at oil consumption in various areas. I think that one of our challenges is that the goals that we want to set ourselves um, have been, I suppose, have been they've been quite difficult for us to establish um, because we've been making changes within our infrastructure. And therefore, we need to get an understanding of what our, our base levels are and requirements before we can really put some ambitious targets in there. It's just making sure it's on, on everyone. It's an everyday agenda item and everybody's it, it's just it's just normal and, and 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 natural and part of what we we do uh, in all the in all the schools. I hope you're enjoying the Inspiring Schools podcast. We're always on the hunt for guests with vision and a desire to share them. If you'd like to be involved or know of someone with great ideas at a school near you, please drop me an email to podcast at interactiveschools.com and my team will be in touch. And how do we model sustainable practices as attractive and achievable for students? I think in terms of a school now, we, we do measure all of the trips that we do. We do make sure that even if we're going to... Uh, an away fixture we we have a consideration of what what our impact is and the pupils are interested in in that we talk about it a great deal so modeling and making people conscious of it is an important aspect of it and that's why we've also got it as a theme within this year the the way we as adults model it i think is in some part because we it's not we feel a pressure, but we're we're aware that the next generation are facing 
some significant challenges and therefore whether it's small measures of the way we use our cars and our vehicles the types of vehicles that we use that the model we we, we set with in terms of uh, energy using turning off lights all those little bits and pieces i think are really important examples to young people um, i think there's a bigger challenge for some of our schools in terms of our international uh, community and our international relationships and obviously the impact of, of, of jet travel but here on the school site we, we're very fortunate that we've got about 200 acres and we're we're planting a great number of trees at the moment. I think we're up to about 120 uh, this year. Um, so things like that as well are, are, are an illustration to the young people that we're trying to make a difference, uh, however small that may be. It's always the small bits that, that do make the difference. Um, I was actually speaking to a, a, a really inspirational, um, I'm, I'm going to call him a, a super teacher, an online, a guy who was a principal who, who now just teaches. And part of it is he goes out and he, he wants to make a difference in communities. And one of them was around trees that you just talked about. And he went and said, you know, why don't you try and just take off one of the COP27 um, uh, items and just fix one of them, decide I'm going to make do one of those. And one of them would be, okay, I want to, I'm going to plant more trees. So I think it was a small school in India, um, didn't have any money, didn't have anything. But then, you know, they wrote off, they got access to some local acreage, a local business person gave them seeds, they planted them all out, they went out there, they watered it, they nurtured it. Um, and then someone asked them the question, you know, how do you know when it's been a success? And the little girl replied, when the first bird comes, because they've made a difference. And I just thought that was a just kind of chiming into your and connecting with your trees it's just it's that it's when nature grows on and there's all the positive bits to it so it's brilliant that you're doing that and ple- and and obviously i hope more schools do take that one too the p- third part of your school's focus here is citizenship um what are the key elements of being a good citizen we should be teaching i mean what is citizenship how broad or how narrow is this so in the con- context of 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 where we are as a school Citizenship is about two things. It's first of all about that ability to listen and to understand different perspectives. And I keep on coming back to this term of perspective. I think the second is about contribution to community. We know that we as a school are very fortunate that the vast majority of our community live here. And as such, we're a community that is interdependent but also we thrive when we're all contributing in some shape or form. And on a little level, that can be the band. It can be the team. It can be the activity. It can be the club. Those don't work unless you're a member, unless you're contributing in some shape or form. So contribution is a really important part of it. We hope that what we do here at the school is that by people seeing the benefit of working together, contributing to things, that they will continue to recognize the value of that when they go back into their communities or they go into their place of work or they go back to their countries as well. Because it's by giving, being part of something that you get fulfillment, enjoyment, but also your own communities in which you work and and live also benefit. So I think for us, it's about that service, it's about contribution, it's about perspective. Um, and I think it's also, there's an element here that the job of learning is never really 
is never done. And I think that for for young people, they sometimes feel that I've learned the biology curriculum, or I've learned the history curriculum, I'm, I'm done. But actually, being a good citizen is about constantly having that desire to be curious, not just about the curriculum, but the things outside, the things that really, I suppose, shape our lives. Uh, and that's that's an aspect that that is really evident when you talk to young people. They are naturally curious. They have questions. They usually have questions about the big things, the things that we as adults don't always have the answers to. So uh, for me, the citizenship is about that sort of curiosity, feeding that curiosity, having those discussions, um, and, and often having the discussions about the things you don't have the answers to. Uh, and so it's about cross-generational, cross-year group discussions and relationships as well. Um, which I think is a really important part. In a boarding school, where we are predominantly boarding, it's lovely when you see older pupils and younger pupils working together. I had a fantastic example last week where uh, a young year seven has only been in the school for a short period of time, singing a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, uh, supported by two year 13. And, and that for me, citizenship is about those sort of relationships that you, that you forge within a community as well. Citizenships is all about relationships with people and and the the, the place, not, not just maybe locally to you, but also what 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 can they do to be better global citizens? Um, and you know, you talk about service. I think service is 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 sometimes not taken far enough in in lots of schools because you know we're so caught up in educating we forget it. And also, parents' duty to help their young men and women to understand service, giving back. It's not about the material self, 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 which, you know, unfortunately, you know, this the, this generation get tarred with the same brush. I don't buy it. Um, but at the same time, we also are probably not the best role models for, for as parents because we're all consumed ourselves in, in the self sometimes because of the way that we're connected with devices, 24-7 needs, you know, right now. So um, service, the more the more we can do, to 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 make every every student on the planet have a higher calling to doing something for others, I think it's great. And the fact is embedded in your school um, is fantastic. Yeah, and I think you know what I've really been encouraged by the number of pupils who want to be part of committees. Now, whether it be the pupil council, whether it be the e committee, whether it be the eco committee, whether it be the diversity committee. Uh, whether it be the philanthropic society, whatever it may be, children want to be part of them because they want to be able to influence. Um, this school has a long, long history of service, uh, traditionally probably service to country, but today that service is, it is, is restructured and it's a service to one another. And one of the, 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 the phrases I use an awful lot in the school is value yourself, value one another, and value your school and i think those that that sort of sense of value to one another is really really important i just want to get your thoughts um on what the future of education looks like because the areas you're you're, you're talking about um I, I certainly didn't read it on any curriculum manual when i was going through school um you know as we move and we look what what needs to be relevant and fit for purpose that the world needs and in it how do, what does it look like for you and and do, do you think we'll ever get there I suppose that there's there's the the perfect picture, and then there's will we ever get there? I, I think that's the lovely thing about working in independent sectors. You do have that ability to 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 focus your school in the areas that you think are important, and that's not just 
as a head, but it's you know as a, as a school community, what do parents feel are important? Because the market does does speak as well. And I think if I was speaking on behalf of RHS, I think there's a real sense of value in employability skills and how we develop those. So whether that's uh, sort of the problem solving skills, that's that collaboration, it's the uh, ability to for, for complete for some tenacity, uh, for, for ongoing learning, adaptability, all those sort of skills that we see being uh, being quoted. And uh, the phrase I don't like is that the, the jobs of tomorrow, it's difficult to understand what the jobs of tomorrow. I understand that, but I actually think the skills that we need to prepare young people for, we know, because it's about that adaptability, it's about perseverance, it's about problem solving, it's about collaboration. So, uh, I would love to see our curriculums begin to recognise those skills. Um, we're, we're actually starting a diploma, um, which we've been putting together for a couple of years now, to try and help children to understand where they develop those skills, including leadership. And, uh, and what we hope that will happen is that by the time they get to the stage where they leave the school, they'll have evidence for those skill sets. So whether they're applying for a job or whether they're going to university or, or whether they're just putting their CV together. So I would love to see more of an emphasis on those employability skills. Do I think it'll happen? Um, I find it really difficult. We still struggle to have dialogue and progression on the curriculum and the specifications that, that I've been teaching for 25 years. And, and I think that doesn't give me an awful lot of hope. Um, but at the same time, I think that's why I love working in a school like this, because regardless of the structural frameworks that we put our children into, uh, there's lots we can do outside of the classroom and in parts of our curriculum that I think give our children that benefit and that awareness. So I'm hopeful for what I'm, I can do here, whether I think there'll be enough structural reform uh, as a country. I'm not sure it will be in my life, my, my, my career time. I share your thoughts exactly. I think we, we all talk about it. Um, and it's, you know, we, we, we know what we, we probably know what's broken, but it's, it's, it's hard to, 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 to turn such a huge kind of monolith of, of British education around and redirect but i think we will be will be shocked into to change because there are emerging markets and other countries who are doing this and able to to do the change to offer the skills to give the vocations to really empower and i think at a, at a point where employability becomes an issue i think that's possibly maybe too late because we'll have to react to it and your point about future jobs i'm, I'm with you on that i think you know we, we we like the catchphrase you know there'll be kids will be doing jobs that don't exist yet well it, it was the same when you and i were going at school right they, they, i don't think you know i i have drone managers i have social media managers you know they, they, there's so many you know jobs that didn't exist were there and it's the it's the technology drives this a lot of it technology drives the job creation and also the the job kind of cancellation but um yeah there will be jobs but it's skills right yes they need some knowledge they need to now apply that but you know how can they go off and be adaptable to whatever and be purpose driven right we all want purpose we have a, a whole kind of school full of believers who have purpose wow that to me would be success I think the motivation of young people has changed. Possibly lots of us, it's changed as well, where we get our value from. 
as well. And I think that that's one of the things that we sometimes lose sight of. How many children think that value comes from financial reward? And I think we need to change that dial, shift that dial somewhat. Because for some people, it, they drift into careers. And by the time they find the energy to come out of it, then they're probably too late. <laughs> so We all have uh, sort of friends and colleagues that, that we know like that, just caught, caught in the cookie, the, the wheel, right? The hamster wheel we get because, but again, through vocation, through teaching service, all these great experiences that, that kids will get gives them choice and opportunity to go, actually, that, that interests me. And then it's to help us for us to navigate them so they don't go through a cookie cutter education to this off the peg life just because my dad was a lawyer guess what i'm probably going to be a lawyer we don't want we don't need any more lawyers that's where our sector is is really good and i think it's it would be very difficult to 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 agree what we think the shape of education will be but in some ways i think our 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 parents our pupils they find the schools which suit and align with their their values and, and and their ambitions, you know, as a, as a broad school with a really broad range of opportunities, I think that's that parents who come here tend to like the skills development aspect of it, um, and they they might put an equal weight into that to academic attainment. So, yeah. whereas another parent might feel differently, and 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 for that reason, I feel you know I I feel really uh, pleased with what we continue to provide here. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Simon, thanks ever so much for taking the time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you have a, a fantastic rest of your day. You can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram and via LinkedIn. Remember, keep inspiring schools. We need more future school thinking now.